It was the 90s. I'd seen lots of cars and a lot of amazing products, but this one was a little off. I knew it was from General Motors, but it still seemed different. Different than everything else around it. It wasn't a big car company, but it was making a point. And its commercials made it seem like when you bought one, you were part of the family. Well, my aunt always purchased them for her business, and she loved it. They said they treated her like family when she bought them. Had balloons in the vehicle, make it big banners and everything. Just a person purchasing this vehicle. It was neat. It was interesting. It was a new way for a new company. Even though it was from an old company, this new little company was setting a new precedence in the automotive world. And it wasn't just the fact that they were cheaper to insure due to its plastic body paneling, but they were also a small employee-owned car company. The employees were more part of this car company than anything else. This project came from General Motors. And even though their products at this time when I knew them weren't built off of General Motors platforms. They were dedicated. They were their own. Eventually, that would give way to the rise of General Motors platform sharing within the entire brands to try and keep them alive near the end. But throughout its lifetime, Saturn Motors changed the way we saw cars and gave us a new perspective on American vehicles. Today, Autolux is going to take a look at Saturn cars. <laughs> Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main host website at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out, read some of the ratings, and stay tuned for our end-of-the-year review, where we review exterior designs from car companies and products from around the globe, with over 600 vehicles rated every year, ever since 2008. Who is going to win that coveted Autolux A-plus award? of excellence and if you like this podcast please like share or comment about it on any major streaming site or social feed that you find us on from autolux.net hashtag autolux and we'd like to give a special thanks out to podbeam.com for getting us out onto all major streaming sites from iTunes to Spotify. The Autolux podcast is there for you to find it. And we'd like to give a special thanks and a special call out to all the amazing podcasts that we have been on in the past little while. Mr. Everett J has actually been interviewed by many different podcasters and interviewed himself with HeyAuto.com. If you haven't listened to it, stop by the Autolux podcast and listen to our interview to find out more more about HeyAuto.com and see some of the amazing interviews that we have been on to learn a little bit more about our host. So like I said in the beginning, Saturn Cars bred in January 7th, 1985 and lived all the way till October 21st, 2010. Yeah, we're getting a little close to their 13th anniversary of them demising. Originally from Spring Hill, Tennessee and only available in both the United States and Canada, Saturn was a new age division from General Motors. It was created to fight off the onslaught of Japanese rivals appearing during the 80s. We all get it, Toyota was around, but during the late 70s and early 80s, the Japanese onslaught was really coming out, hence part of the reason why the chicken tax was created. Saturn was marketed as the different kind of car company and operated quasi-independently from General Motors. Not available from General Motors' actual dealership, Saturn was sold on its own alongside the Isuzu product range, which at the time was originally owned by General Motors. Isuzu has taken a step back and Saturn has taken a dirt nap, but Saturn was here. They introduced their own cars, dealer network, pricing structure, and manufacturing plant in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Their 
advanced space frame construction and dent-resistant polymer exterior panels set them apart from competition around North America. But Saturn was a product here to make a statement. GM's extensive brand network drained the capital from Saturn. And in the 2000s, this would be its Achilles heel. By the end, they resorted back to badge-engineered products. And an attempt to take over by Penske Automotive in September 2009 almost saw the Saturn brand stay around. So back in June of 1982, Alex C. Mayer discussed a revolutionary new product for General Motors. Selling this brand new project, codenamed Saturn, as a new product for either Chevrolet, Pontiac, or even Buick at its time. In November 1983, the Saturn idea was finally publicized just after the international release of the GMJ platform from General Motors. Twelve months later, this project would finally have its first demonstration vehicle. Now, this being a demonstration vehicle, Saturn was supposed to be a product for one of the existing General Motors brands. But, on January 7th, 1985, Saturn Corp was officially founded. Founded as a private employee-owned company and remained private until General Motors finally bought them out in the early 2000s. In the mid-80s, this Saturn concept car, which resembled a later SL series from Saturn, was not initially set out to create a brand new brand. By 1985, GM changed the plan and decided founding a brand new brand for the General Motors Corporation may be what it required to beat the Japanese rivals at their game. Trying to launch brand new products under a Chevrolet, Pontiac, or even Buick moniker, the Saturn product range may not have become as big as it once was. First arriving with the SC Coupe and the SL Sedan. The initial production started in 1990 as 1991 product. The Saturn product was set out to change the world. General Motors had an visionary plan. Saturn was a completely separate entity from the rest of the General Motors product range. Unlike Chevrolet, Buick, Oldsmobile, Pontiac, GMC, and even Cadillac, Saturn was privately owned and privately run. Its financial backings came from General Motors Corporation, but on its own, it thought independently and operated independently, making its employees part of the corporation. This all came apart where General Motors thought to itself, hey, why fight all of these products with our own companies? Well, let's start fresh. The 80s saw both Ford and Chrysler, Ford nearly come to bankruptcy and Chrysler hit the bankruptcy state. General Motors had troubles and the GMJ platform was set apart to save it with the brand new Cavalier and Sunfire product ranges and the very short-lived Cadillac Camaro. If you've ever seen it, go check it out. By the 90s, General Motors was on its way back. So was Chrysler, so was Ford, so was Toyota, so was Honda. They were all expanding and the 90s were a time of growth. General Motors Motors wanted to take this one step further. They wanted to see if this product can give all the rest of the product ranges a run for their money. A station wagon version, known as the SW, was later added due to the wagon of demand that still existed in the early 90s. Plans for a sedan, coupe, convertible, wagon, and SUV products were initially made, but only the sedan, coupe, and wagon models came to fruition. The convertible was scrapped due to the fact that Chevrolet had the Cavalier and Pontiac had the Sunfire convertibles fitting in in this small statement. And with the Pontiac Firefly and Suzuki Swift convertibles, Saturn really didn't need its own product range. They needed to focus on their core brand to expand out and gain more market share. 
Most of these products were eventually seen, but during the 90s, it was kept to just the coupe, the sedan, and the wagon, where in the early 2000s, we started getting our SUV, our roadsters, and initially our convertible. The view in the Sky Roadster eventually completed the original product range set out by Saturn in the beginning. On June 30th, 1990, the very first Saturn was built, the SL2 Sedan. And that first car went to the very first dealership in Memphis, Tennessee. Remember, it was Spring Hill, Tennessee, where Saturn came from. And if you ever remember some of these old commercials from Saturn back in the day, you'll understand what I talked about, that the commercials gave you the feeling that you were part of a family. And everybody I knew that owned a Saturn back then, and everybody that I met, all said that. It felt like you were part of a family. You owned these products, and you were actually invited to these family gatherings at the Spring Hill, Tennessee plant every year. Interesting. Where General Motors just said, you bought our vehicle, now just fuck off. Everything was new. The plant, the car, the workforce, the dealer now. But one main issue that General Motors saw with the product is the actual sales never met the projected targets due to the early 1990s recession, which happened. Very short-lived, but the slight recession in the 90s kept Saturn from growing and hitting that peak that General Motors wanted. This started cannibalizing sales from other General Motors makes. You gotta think about it. The original Saturn SL was in the similar context of the Sunbird and the Cavalier. It was eating away sales at internal products from General Motors' bread and butter range. 41% of the buyers of original Saturn products came from the General Motors family to begin with. So they essentially were just stealing customers that they already had. Sure, 59% of them came from outside of the General Motors stable, which means at a 59% guarantee, they were stealing market share from the competition. Those may have been customers that would have never considered products from their main stable. But unfortunately, Saturn drained over $5 billion from capital of the other product lines. One of the greatest things that set Saturn out from the rest of the General Motors product range was its no-haggle pricing system. They kept their prices low so you wouldn't have to fight with them. The sticker amount showed you everything you were getting, all perfectly laid out with nothing else. You didn't have to fight for anything else. Where other product ranges from the GM stable had those issues. In 1991, Saturn said, hello to the Canadian market share one year after the release similar to that of Walter P Chrysler when he initially created Chrysler Corporation one year later he shipped cars back to one of his home countries in 1993, they saw Carl, as they called her, the 500,000 Saturn made. And in 1995, two short years later, the 1 million Saturn rolled off production line. In 1996, Saturn dealers were chosen to distribute the new GM EV1 electric product. Now, if you go back and you actually check in on the original GM EV1, which we have actually done in a previous podcast about the green future of General Motors, the EV1 was initially supposed to be a Saturn EV1. At the last minute, General Motors changed the name on it and slapped the GM logo on it, making it the only GM product from its main corporation ever sold. They only did that due to the fact that this product was only going to be out for a limited amount of time. The EV1 that came out in 1996 was a pet project. They wanted to see if the market was ready for an electric vehicle. With a lot of people in the 90s starting to care more and more about the world, well, with recycling efforts going crazy, GM said, hey, let's give a stab at this. The last minute they changed it, but they still kept Saturn in the loop as the main distribution office for the GM EV1. 
1997, Saturn became the first GM North American company to build a right-hand drive car on the same assembly line as left-hand ones. This was due to the fact that Saturn was going to the other side of the world. The whole project initially developed to fight the onslaught of Japanese products coming to the North American product range. Saturn was now taking this fight to Japan's home country. 1997, Saturn went to the home of the rising sun. Japan would become a short-lived market for the Saturn brand due to the fact that they simply had a recession. This is around the same time that Mazda was considering getting into the luxury ring, if you remember our Luxury Mazda podcast from a few months back. So by 1999, Saturn pulled from the market, leaving Chevrolet and Buick to come back in and take over for where Saturn left off in Japan, leaving Saturn only to its Canadian and American counterparts. 1999, we saw the 2 million Saturn roll off the production lane. But 1999 also saw the introduction of the new L-Series from the Saturn lineup. Saturn was growing. And with their initial offerings of a compact sport coupe, a compact wagon, and a compact sedan, they now had the new L-Series mid-size sedan. Saturn was moving up. And even though the Japanese marketplace wouldn't allow them to stay too long due to the fact that their economy is faltering, due to the Japanese recession that happened in the late 90s and early 2000s, which really killed off a lot of great products, hence the RX-7 and Toyota Supra, part of the reason why they disappeared from the marketplace was the recession in their home market. And when that recession finally dwindled out, the market for sports cars had dried up. In 2001, we saw the introduction of the very first crossover utility vehicle from the Saturn brand. Where Saturn originally wanted to create an SUV when they first started to go up against the likes of the Ford Bronco and even within its own stable, the Chevrolet Blazers of the small format 90s. 2001 is where we saw the View. Unfortunately, the View would be the first non-Saturn product ever produced. Where Saturn was growing, their Spring Hill, Tennessee plant was still building the SC Coupe, the SL Sedan, Wagon, and the new L-Series. You had four product ranges coming from Spring Hill, Tennessee. The View was putting too much pressure on that. So the View was going to be built by GM. Now it was still going to be built with its plastic body clamp. In 2002, we saw the introduction of the hotly anticipated Ion and Ion Coupe, paving the way for replacement of the SL-Series products. The Wagon was no more, as the early 2000s saw the Wagon market on nearly dry up in North American marketplace. For today, the only wagons you can find are available from luxury marks in a very limited amounts. We're talking about all roads being one of the only variations of wagons out there. Same with the Crosstrek. The Ion and Ion Coupe were amazing little products, but are completely different from each other. The Ion sedan was this weird, bulbous looking, gelatinous blob of a car. Boring, bland, and dorky for anybody that owned it, where the Ion Coupe was actually cool. The Ion Coupe was also cool in the fact that it came with a third door, something that Saturn had initially created on their previous generation SC Coupes near the end of their production range. The third door made it easier to get in and out of the back, where at this point in time, even the aftermarket industry in 2002 was starting to see the introduction of four-door products. 
trucks. People were getting away from two-door fun vehicles and into four-door. Why? Because less of us were buying cars in our teens. We were waiting longer, which means the first person to buy a car had to worry about the fact of bringing their friends along with them because their friends didn't own vehicles. The third door coupe was a plausibility of making that easier. This was also utilized on the long-awaited replacement for the RX-7, the RX-8. In 2004, Saturn finally got a product that they demanded for so long. Built off the same platform as the Chevrolet Uplander, Pontiac Montana, and Buick Terrazzo, the Saturn Relay minivan was here. Saturn was finally in the minivan ring. Although being 2004, they were near the end of the minivan ring. 2004 also saw the replacement of one of Saturn's own products, the L-Series. Introduced in 1999, after a short five years and two design variations, the L-Series was being replaced by the Saturn Aura, which was coming over from the other side of the pond as the Opal. Opal is now being utilized to bring brand new products to Saturn. General Motors, by this time, had taken over Saturn's reins. They finally said to them, we liked it because you were private and you gave that bit of family feel, but you're not making enough money for us. We need to expand. We need to make more money. Saturn is bleeding everybody else dry, and it's the early 2000s. We're starting to see that there's a possibility of our market collapsing. General Motor products were finally being utilized. Saturn wasn't building as much, with now the Ion being the only product from Spring Hill, Tennessee. This eventually was followed up by the Saturn Outlook, built off the Acadia and Traverse platform. Eventually, Saturn would lose its place, and the Spring Hill, Tennessee plant would be changed over. The last Saturn Ion with plastic body paneling would roll off the production line and be replaced by the Saturn Astra, twin brother to the Opal Astra. As the Ion disappeared, so did Saturn's image. Saturn was now a dedicated General Motors product range. And that was it. Saturn didn't have an identity. They were Opel Vauxhall of North America. And with the replacement of the Saturn Ion was a replacement of Saturn's image. Their entire lineup now consisted of General Motors platform vehicles. But, in a sense, this wasn't all that bad. The products were looking a lot less as gelatinous blobs, where the plastic body paneling made it a little bit harder to create eye-catching designs. The new products coming over from Opal for the Saturn brand were looking better. And the next twin would be the biggest product range to ever come from Saturn itself. And one of the only ones that people remember, the Sky. 2006, we saw the Saturn Sky Roadster appear, a sibling to the Pontiac Solstice. This would be Saturn's first and only sports car slash roadster, bringing apart the convertible that they initially wanted at the beginning. Unfortunately, this great asset to the Saturn brand would be short-lived, whereas in only three years from now, Saturn would be gone. By 2007, the last of the plastic body paneling on the view was made, thus ending the original appeal of Saturn. It's 2007, and now everything is General Motors. By December 2nd, 2008, GM announced, due to its bankruptcy issues, it would only focus on its core brand, Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, and GMC. This was the initial marking of the end for the Saturn lineup. 
Saturn would eventually follow suit, as Oldsmobile did in 2008. Along with Pontiac, Hummer, Saab, Saturn was also on their way out. On February 17, 2009, CEO Rick Wagner announced that Saturn would live on until the end of its product life cycle in 2010 to 2011, not announcing which date would be the final, but it would go to this date. Along with this, Rick announces GM's intent on parting ways with the Saturn brand. They would either be shuttering the brand or selling it off to an investors or the dealers themselves. This would eventually pique the interest of the Penske Automotive Group. Penske Automotive Group was one of the few contenders to buy the Opel Vauxhall brands that General Motors was looking to divest themselves away from as well. Unfortunately, that deal would go towards Magna International of Canada, where Magna was actually purchasing over 400 acres of property north of Aurelia, Ontario, to build a brand new production facility so that they could build Opel products for the North American market. This didn't appease General Motors because they didn't want to keep the competition. They wanted to divest themselves away from Penske Automotive had their interest peaked. In June of 2009, GM announced the sale of Saturn to the Penske Group. This was similar to how Penske sold the smart brand in America under the distribution deal. Penske didn't want the factory. They just wanted the distribution system and the name. But unfortunately for that, without a factory, where are you going to get your products? Penske was initially turning to Renault-Samsung and the Renault-Nissan alliance for products, essentially doing what American Motors did near the end of its life cycle. Penske wanted to bring Renault-Samsung products or even Renault products to the North American marketplace utilizing the Saturn nameplate. GM would have made the aura, the view, and the outlook for two more years for Penske. He had two years to seal a deal and get brand new products brought in for his distribution network. Gotta remember, he owns the name of these cars, the company, the dealerships. He has everything set in place for a brand new automotive company to come to the North America marketplace. But unfortunately, this deal was taking too long. And in 2009, we saw the end of Saturn Canada with all 46 dealerships closing up shop and even one of them distributing Saab products. Which is kind of funny because in my hometown, the Saturn Saturn dealership was a Saturn and Zuzu dealership. There was one just outside of Toronto that actually distributed both Saturn and Saab products. This all happened because Penske and General Motors could not make a case for the continuation of operations within the Canadian marketplace. With only 46 dealers, they really couldn't hold it together to hold that. And with different laws in place compared to the American marketplace, they wanted to focus on distribution in one sole market before they moved into others. The warranty and parts were initially moved over to General Motors' main Canadian operations through the end life cycle of the Saturn products. Even to this date, you could still get General Motors back product from your local General Motors dealership for your Saturn vehicles. Similar to that, a house Suzuki dealerships, previous ones, can still get Suzuki warranty parts for them. For myself, it was a previous dealership shared with a Subaru one about an hour and a half away from me. Unfortunately, that dealership's been bought out and I can no longer get my Suzuki. Suzuki backed parts. On September 30th, 2009, Penske ended talks with General Motors over the sale. Penske could not find another automotive market for the brand. And like we said, they would have created the view, the aura, and the outlook until 2011, until another company came in line. But unfortunately, Penske wasn't able to secure a deal with any other name. With Peugeot, Citroën, and the Renault-Nissan Alliance pulling the plug on entering the North American marketplace through a deal with Penske. 
This could have been due to the fact that they had to utilize the Saturn nameplate. Penske had stated, hey, why don't we just call them Renault products? We'll sell them through the previous Saturn dealerships if you let me market my own select singular vehicle through it. But unfortunately, this plan never came out. And so was the beginning of the end for Saturn. GM did offer its current owners of Saturn products a $2,000 GM incentive on all their other products to try and get more of the Saturns off the road so they wouldn't have to do warranty work or parts work to them. So you had to own the vehicle for six months and you didn't even have to trade it in. You basically took the $2,000 investment to buy a new GM product. You can keep your old Saturn, but you had to have owned it for at least six months. In 2010, became the last year for Saturn as GM closed up shop. The last product rolled off the Spring Hill, Tennessee plot on October 7, 2009. And the ending of its outstanding franchises ended on October 31st, 2010, over a year later. The view lived on as the Chevrolet Captiva Sport for a very short amount of time due to the fact that the view in its third generation still had more time in its life cycle. Today we look at the Saturn brand and we ask ourselves, could Saturn come back as a sub-brand within the Chevrolet product stable, similar to that how General Motors is using the Hummer nameplate within the GMC lineup? There is a possibility. We did cover that on a previous podcast, so if you wish to listen, go back and find GM's Electric Future. Saturn, over its life cycle, had two sub-brands in the early 2000s. They had their Redline Performance Arm and the Greenline Hybrid Product Range. Saturn was the first product range within the GM stable to introduce hybrid products to its main lineup. This is at the same time they had their performance lineup as well, so it seemed kind of odd. Their models included the S-Series, a sedan and wagon, the S-Coupe, or SC, the L-Series, which came as sedan and wagon, the View, the Ion, which the Ion came as a four-door sedan or third-door coupe, the Relay, the Sky, the EV1, the Outlook, the Aura, the Astra, and the Astra came as a three-door or five-door option. But unfortunately, the OPC versions of the Opals never made their way to North American marketplaces as the Astra came right at the end of Saturn's life cycle. Like seriously, right at the end, the Astra appeared on marketplaces one year before Saturn was shuttered. The S-Series was the most prominent product range with its sedan, wagon, and coupe product ranges lasting over a decade within the Saturn stable. With the SC1 and SC2 as the original sports coupes from the Saturn line. The SC came out during the third and fourth generation. The S-Series lived on for 12 years from 1990 to 2002. The View was the second most popular product from the Saturn range. Arriving in 2001, the View survived all the way to the end and even passed it, as we said, with the Captiva Sport. The view lasting eight years from 2002 to 2010 and lived three generations, although its third generation would be considered more in line with the Chevrolet tracks of later years. The Ion brought new life to the early 2000s with its subtle coupe and gave us one last image of the initial offering of Saturn. Fortunately, the Ion never gave us what we truly wanted. With only a compact and mid-size offering, Saturn never really hit the market in every main place. At the end, when General Motor products were being brought in, they tried to hit every major market that was making money. They had their mid-size and their compact. They had their compact CUV and full-size CUV and a minivan. The Roadster was brought 
brought out as the Pontiac Solstice needed a counterpart to become a viable option for production. And with its Opel GT counterpart over in Europe, the trifecta of those product ranges just made it viable. Fortunately, the Sky would only live on as a Saturn. In the end, GM had considered bringing the Sky into the Chevrolet stable and marketing it as a cheaper alternative to the Corvette. But in the end, they decided to shutter the manufacturing plant in Delaware that produced both the Sky and Solstice. There was a last ditch effort by DeLorean to buy the production facility to build a brand new DeLorean product. If you go online, you can actually see a DMC label Pontiac Solstice product. DeLorean wanted to buy the plant to build his new car, where now they're building the Alpha 5, their own new production vehicle on the electric one. This would have given new life to the Solstice, not the Sky. Who knows? Maybe DeLorean would have kept the Solstice as the hardtop and the Sky is convertible. GM's bad engineered products essentially killed Saturn in the end. Saturn was an amazing product and a great idea at its beginning, but in the end it just became another division of General Motors. When it lost its privatization, it lost its image, and it lost the fact that it was a family-oriented product. It's like losing their way. Saturn was a great product, but unfortunately the collapse of the North American marketplace in 2008 paved the way for products such as Saturn, Pontiac, Plymouth, and almost Chrysler to die up. Could Saturn come back these days? Well, with the rise of the electric vehicle industry, there is a possibility. And with the fact that Hummer is gaining main footholds into this marketplace, could General Motors reconsider bringing out a plastic, singular body electric vehicle with brand new master castings coming into play through Tesla? Could Saturn be revitalized as an electric product for today's day and age? The question stands as if there's enough consumers in this marketplace that love the nostalgia of the Saturn brand to bring it back. If you want to ask the doctor of the auto industry, Saturn could play a decent role in the electrification of Chevrolet as a sub-brand, but only for very minor products. The Saturn name doesn't hold its own, and since the loss of the Saturn product range, it never really had enough products underneath of its stable to hold it up to a great light, similar to that of Plymouth. The Cuda is it. Mercury with the Cougar and Oldsmobile with the 442. Saturn only had the Sky, and the EV1 had a GM name on it. So could Saturn return these days? The answer is no, from myself. Even being utilized as a sub-brand, Saturn doesn't make sense in a world of today. But we did love it as it was here, and it inspired even ourselves with our own original automotive inception from our own car company that we designed and created back in the 90s. Plastic one-shell body panel created by 3M was our inspiration behind our car company because we saw how much Saturn made it easier and cheaper for people to own vehicles. That is the one part of Saturn which could arrive again today. So, if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment about it on any of the major social feeds that you see. And if you really liked it, send it out to your friends, send it out to your family, and ask them, did you own a Saturn? Was it a great car? Was it something that inspired you and it showed you something new and something cool in the world of today? The Autolux Podcast has been brought to you by Autolux.net and distributed by Podbeam Entertainment. The Autolux Podcast is hosted by the one and only doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J. And if you'd like to get in touch with both Everett J or the Autolux Podcast, please send an email over to email at Autolux.net. The Autolux Podcast has been highly distributed by Podbeam.com and is available on every major streaming system that you can find us on, from Spotify to iTunes to Amazon Music and even Sony Music. The Autolux Podcast 
podcast is here for all your streaming services. So for myself, Everett J, the Autolux team backing me, strap yourself in for this one interesting ride. The sadder project that brought us on. We'll be right back.